and welcome to Theatre Club. We bring you theatre news, theatre reviews and some theatre-themed booze. Welcome back to the podcast for those who've listened before and for those who haven't, this is Theatre Club Podcast. We're a group of friends who get together and talk about theatre we've seen, just like a book club, but we are a theatre club. So we'll also tell you how to get cheap seats because we do not like to pay a lot to go to theatre because we go all the time and we'd be bankrupted. (laughs) Um, We'll tell you where to sit and what shows are great that we think you should be going to see. And I also like to make theatre-themed cocktails based on one of the shows we've been to see and then we all sit around sipping cocktails and reviewing shows. Mm -hmm. So in this episode we have a review of Nora, A Doll's House, which is on at the Young Vic. We have a review of Uncle Vanya, a new production that has just opened at the Harold Pinter Theatre. Music, with a K, which is on at the Leicester Square Theatre. And Death of England, which is on at the National Theatre. But before we get into our reviews, I want to know about another... It's not really a theatre show, it's a music concert, but at a famous London theatre. It's a show that's currently on at the London Palladium. And Madeline, you went to see this. Tell us, what was it? It was... Madame X, Madonna's current tour. And to give anyone who doesn't know a bit of history, Madeline is the Madonna fan. You're obsessed, obsessed, aren't you? I'm obsessed with Madonna, always have been. And also, like, we've said that we like to talk about trying to get cheap ticket deals. There ain't no cheap ticket deals for this Madonna concert. This is... I've paid... I've bought a car for the amount I paid for that ticket. (laughs) A long time ago, worth saying. But yes. yeah, it's the most money I've spent on a ticket. I deliberated about it and then just thought, you know what, I have to do it. You have to, it's Madonna. Absolutely have to see it. Bit the bullet, got a ticket. And I have to say, it is in the top three music gigs I've ever been to in my life. It's also in the top five theatre events I've ever seen in my life. Spectacles. Absolute spectacle. It's a visual assault the whole thing. There's projections of lights that she's doing where imagine the whole front of the theatre, as in, sorry, the stage, front of the stage, plus all the boxes around sides. And at one point, it's like a big cave projection. So it's all stalactites coming down and there's this kind of, and the, kind of the tunnel into the cave. But all of that is being projected around the theatre. That's cool. And that was one of the first times I'd sort of seen that. And so you can see people in the box are kind of becoming part of this Ooh. light spectacle. And that was, that's what, it, all of that, the absolute lights and projections were so brilliant throughout. Yeah, um, did it make it feel more like theatrical? Made it com- feel kind of totally if you're out theatrical. in an arena or something. And also Madonna's doing, because she's playing this character of Madame X, so she's kind of doing this she's sitting in a typewriter typing away and she's a secret agent and Madame X is a explorer. Madame X is a, a a seeker of um, theories into artistry. And, and, uh, you know, she gets, I mean, the the theatre of it was unbelievable. Lots of costume changes. She's got, um, she talks about having lived in Lisbon um, in recent years and going to the Fado cafes and it's this is a certain type of music and this beautiful sort of Portuguese music. And then at one point, the whole stage is turned into this beautiful cafe. Cool. And all the dancers are in kind of, you know, the, I don't know, Lisbon, Portuguese-esque sort of clothing. And they're also gypsies. And all of that was just like incredible. Yeah. So the staging of it was wonderful. What would you say was your absolute top 
three numbers that she performed? What were your three that you were just like, oh my God? Um, Human Nature, yeah. which is a song from Bedtime Stories album, sort of mid-90s. Vogue, seeing her doing Vogue yeah. was amazing. It's bad because I am going to say the sort of ones everyone knows, but it's just the spectacle of them was so incredible. And she did Like a Prayer. Um, and what I thought was so special was projected onto the stage at that point was her original Like a Prayer video. So you've got current Madonna in her beautiful outfit. It's the one basically, if anyone's a big fan, it, she did it at the Met Ball and we've never seen that performance because there was never an official video released of Madonna doing it at the Met Ball. There's only been like little phone snippets. Mm-hmm. So actually this was me seeing her in the costume black cloaked costume covered in jeweled crucifixes and but with the original like prayer video and i thought i was really i teared up so much throughout the concert because seeing madonna when she's like you know 25 years old huge like that Mm. and then she's there as a 62 year woman still absolutely killing it nailing it did she sound good she sounded incredible she her voice i mean nothing none of that wasn't sung for real oh i'm glad it was worth the money you spent it was so worth it and i would i'd pay that money again i'd pay it two times more in fact (gasps) i know crazy right that is crazy yeah off to paris we go yes Um, so Alice, why don't you um, tell us what your top tip is for this episode? Oh so- yes, hun. Guys, my top tip this week is a musical called Be More Chill. <gasps> what do we think of that name, by the way? It's a very American expression, but I think what it does is it, for future, it kind of na- it nails the musical down, I think, a bit too much to a specific time, because it's quite a, a current, or maybe even not so much more anymore, colloquialism not, of like, Be More Chill. Do you not find the word chill a bit... Like yeah, it's what people it's what, think that, it's what the kids are using. But it's what people think the kids are using. Are people saying chill? Oh, well, maybe they were in 2017. So, so yeah, the, the title chill. of this musical doesn't immediately, for some reason, appeal to me, but it's, mm. it had so much buzz around it. Yeah. And like you say, the posters, posters are, are everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere. And it's on Twitter and the... Um, like I've seen loads of review um, people, like bloggers, talking about it, how excited they are to see it. So... Um, even though I'm a bit dubious about it because of the name and also what it's about. So I'll say it's about a, um, it's a, it's a sort of teenage rock pop musical. It's set in, um, New Jersey, which is where it originated from. And it's about a boy at school called Jeremy. He's very, um, he's sort of at the bottom of the social ladder. He's unpopular and he takes a pill to become more popular. Oh. So it's kind of sci-fi futuristic that you can do this and then that is like having a computer inside you that which then makes you act more cool. Okay. It makes you be Gosh, more Gosh, that's chill. not that's right. really not my takeaway from the poster whatsoever. Yeah, so it's kind of like a teenage it's for, it's for teenagers and it's very it's leveled at that audience. Right. And like a little bit like they're comparing it to Dear Evan Hansen in that that's quite okay. a young not comparing it to yeah, you, I'm just saying it's within sound, that yeah. genre. Yeah. And it started out um, in 2015. Director Stephen Brackett, um, who's been with the production since that first staging and is still with it, said that they took two unusual decisions. They released a cast recording um, on Spotify, um, which then had so many plays, it became this huge, huge, huge thing. And then they also released amateur rights to the production. And so people within schools were doing it. And then they had people flying out of state in America to these tiny suburbs to then go and see these amateur productions. And that's because it became that's so like, cool. then it got um, off Broadway and then it got brought, went on to Broadway and now it's come to London and it's the, the other palace. Something that might excite you, Oscar, is that 
Renee Lamb and uh, Millie O'Connell, who were both in Six. Oh, yes. They're in it. We saw Renee Lamb as well in um, Ain't Misbehaving. And yeah, Millie O'Connell played Anne Boleyn. She's great. So yeah, that bit of casting does excite me for sure. So if you'd like to go and see Be More Chill at the Other Palace, it's open now and tickets are on sale. Now... The tickets are quite expensive. For See, the other palace is a bit like that. What is mm. it up its own bum? It I think it's, I think it's because they think this is going to be huge. But their stuff's always quite expensive, and it's because they're a mid-sized venue. It's not like Southwark Playhouse, which is small and they keep their prices low. This they spend a bit more on the productions, I think, at other palace. And it's not a huge venue, so they do have to sell all the seats. They do all have good sight lines, so there's no real cheap bargains other than back row and front row sometimes. So well, we've back often, row in the... Oh, go on. Oh, sorry, we've often sat in the front row. That's what I'm feeling like for the other palace. Yeah. And actually, sometimes... Not be more feel- chill, though. I looked. Why? Their front row is... It's not cheaper. It's like a special Ooh. a special zone in this one. So you actually pay... £69. Pounds. A, you pay a Jesus. bit more. Back row is £39. Pounds. Or Which you can right, sit in the middle... Though for 65 or you can go a little bit far back 40 but they those are few and far between those tickets but they are still available the back row yeah. for 39 pounds there are some dates you can get it's those. just that's nearly 40 quid and i kind of for a new musical that i don't really know and i'm a bit trepidatious i would want 25 i mean if anyone who uh, listens to this podcast knows the soundtrack well or saw it in new york or has already been yeah. to see it at, um because it's just opened Please message us and tell us what you thought. Give us your opinion because we'd, we'd love to know. Should we be spending 40 to 60 quid to try and see this? So Be More Chill is currently running now at the Other Palace until Sunday the 3rd of May. So what else have we been to see this week? Oh, we went to the Young Vic to see Nora at Doll's House. <gasps> yes. Yes. So that was something we booked a long time ago, like we like to do with the Young Vic. We booked that whole season. And Nora at Doll's House is obviously a take on Ibsen's a Doll's House, which is from 1879. It caused quite a stir at the time because, you know, it was seen as, or is seen now definitely as quite a feminist play, although that's not how he really perceived it himself. But it was quite shocking in, you know, what happens at the end of it particularly. Um, and it's a very famous play, but obviously I don't think any of us knew anything about it. So we've gone in quite fresh to this. This is um, a new adaptation by Al. Who's the writer? I can't remember her name. Steph Smith. Steph Smith. Um, this started as a production in Scotland, actually, Madeline. Yeah. And in this production, Nora, who is the lead character in Ibsen's play, we have three different Noras in this production. That's the kind of twist on this. Um, one is from 1918. The other Nora lives in 1968 and the most current Nora in 2018. These are three interesting points in history for women. So women got the vote in 1918. Um, 1968 was when um, abortion became legal. Got the contraceptive pill. Yeah, contraceptive yeah. pill. Um, and then I guess 2018 is kind of modern, as it were. And also the sort present of, day look. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also the hashtag Me Too kind of yeah. began, I think, in... 2018 so it's kind of three important times for women we we meet all three of them at the very start don't we and they start speaking and they each echo each other and that is something that continues throughout this production the echoing through time and the echoing of these women and the women that you see their marriage to these sort of very patriarchal slightly controlling um and kind of these men are sort of they're not like bad men they're not abusers but they kind of, she's literally stuck inside this house. One of them says she's never been to the end of the road. Yes. And it's all about kind of domesticity, a fina- domesticity and, the- and a fi- a financial situations in which they're all trapped and how um, the husband kind of has control over their finances. But within the story, Nora has taken out a secret loan 
um, which she did to kind of protect her family at a time of need when the husband wasn't able to support her. But she's unable to tell him that she's done this because obviously she's kind of put them in jeopardy somewhat because it's kind of an illegal loan. Yeah, it's fraudulent. Yeah. yeah, fraudulent. And so she's being blackmailed by another man. So this is all these forces upon her that kind of take away her agency and her control. And it's kind of very interesting. The piece jumps from Nora to Nora um, within some, within a scene sometimes. We go from one Nora to the other and the three main actresses play the different Noras and then they play Christine, was it, the friend? Yes. Um, and I thought it was very first set. So it's really, I thought for me, that wasn't jarring at all. It, no. I was never confused and it was really who slickly was done. Yeah. The way they did it with just um, a shawl or the way they spoke and they would flip it really quickly. And I thought that worked very, very well. If you were, but, if you were, if this had been like a piece at school or at university mm. and somebody had said, please, can you make this current? And also, can you mess with the you know, theatrical way that you can portray this, I'd be like 10 out of 10 for what she has done. I loved the way that she split these characters up at the beginning. And I loved the way that it was also kind of, at the end, it was brought it back. They, there was a sort of speech at the end and it kind of brought it back to the overall message of the show. And I loved all of that. But actually just watching it cold, mm. I just wish we'd actually just seen one. If you were taking it away from what she's done technica- technically... I really would rather have just had one Nora and one Yeah, I'd have timeline. just seen one Nora and seen just an updated version of it, a, a different interpretation. Oh, I, just, I, I, I disagree I, because yeah. what I think... I think Steph Smith thinks that she's done something completely like out the box. But what I think she's done here actually made me feel very depressed because as much as you've chosen these three points in history, ultimately what's happening by the end of the play is even though we're at 2018, women are still marrying disappointing men. And I just found that it was like, I thought, I don't understand how this is, I didn't think it did the female part of the story any favours it just made me feel more kind of like god women don't you just make sh-? as much as society is moving to help you try and make better choices unfortunately people are still personally making shitty choices but i think oh, also because it, so you're putting all the onus on nora for marrying him not so it's no more just that, that that's the way it's it, uh, like alice says i would rather have just seen an individual story of this because hitting me with it three times just made me feel like, maybe oh, come was... on, woman, why are you, why are you marrying maybe that was... this guy over mm. and over through history, the same yeah, guy? Yeah, but that was her intention, because maybe she's saying, that is the guy. It's not Nora's choice to have married him. That is the patriarchy. That's something you can't escape. Maybe her idea was, this should be a bit depressing, and it's not Nora's fault she hasn't made this choice. This is a situation she has been forced into. He got ill and she was forced way. to do, she was forced to get the, like if we go with the two, um, the one I really would have loved it to have focused more on was the present day one, the mm. 2018 mm. Yeah. She's obviously married this guy. He's then become ill and then she's had to seek means to keep her family afloat, not have her kids taken away from her. And I would have loved to have followed her story through. And then at the end when she finds her voice and she takes some action, I would have been with her and I would have felt I would have had more yeah. emotional connection to mm. it. I just I just felt emotionally detached from it, but I loved the technical way that she did it all, and I think it's so clever, and I loved that. The staging was really well done. You've got the um, male love- characters kind of coming down through the audience and kind of coming onto the stage and shout Whereas out. they never get to leave the stage, and they never get to leave the stage. But and as much as we can applaud the three 
actresses that play the women throughout the ages. Look Norris, who plays the husband of all women and jumps between different accents and different stances. His body language, I thought, was terrific. So we've kind of got the very clipped, I'm in 1918, and I'm sort of standing very rod straight. Mm. And then in the kind of 1968, hey, dance with me, kind of stuff. 2018, sort of like, yeah, a bit bit more of a geezer, a laddie guy. And I thought that his ability to flip and morph into different... I thought he was terrific. I really... I I, really thought he was brilliant. It was. I didn't even clock that he was... I kind of felt like he was a new person. Yeah, every time. Didn't you? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. We should mention the um, the three actresses as well because I thought yeah. they were all brilliant: Natalie Klamer, Amaka Okafo, and Anna Russell Martin. And I think they all just worked together really well. In yeah. my mind, that was three cohesive performances, especially because the way they often echoed each other's dialogue or literally switched from from Nora to Nora to Nora. I thought. There was no kind of weak link, no one that, for me, surpassed one of the others. I thought they worked perfectly as a three. It was really good. So if you want to see Nora Doll's House, it's on until... 21st of March. 21st of March, and there are plenty of tickets still available. And we noticed when we were sat down, um, the Young Vic do this thing called um, Lucky Dip, where you pay £10, you are lined up as everyone else takes their seats, and then any seats that are not filled, they will slot you into. So you could be sitting in, like, oh, a yeah, really I saw expensive seat. Most people got stools, I think, the night we went. I saw a lot of the Lucky mm. Dip people being slotted around the stools. It's definitely a show where there's not, like, a preferred side. No. Just sit, get whatever ticket you're happy to pay for price-wise, I think. Yeah, yeah and there's good. There's a good range of prices. There's £25 seats, £35 seats. Um, yeah, the Lucky Dip for £10. I enjoyed yeah. it, and I'm glad that I went... And it was oh, only an too. hour and 45. We love the Young Vic. Um, and this this is a great production, but it's not up there with their, their best of no. productions. Oscar, you have seen something that is a bit of a smash hit at the minute. Uncle Vanya at the Harold Pinter Theatre. Yes, I was really excited to see this because it stars Toby Jones as the <gasps> titular character Uncle love. Vanya. And yeah, I love Toby Jones. I saw him for the first time recently on stage, um, having loved his film and TV work. I love him in Detectorists. That's all yes. I've seen him in, and I oh, loved I, him in that. I've just, never seen him on stage. He's a good actor. I love him in the film I just worked on. Name oh, <laughs> drop. What film was that? Infinite. It's coming out in August. Be there. And Toby Jones is in it. Yeah. <gasps> he's just he's, such he's a great tiny. actor. He's a wee he can just do everything. Thing. He's brilliant. So, yeah, this is Uncle Vanya, which is um, Anton Chekhov, of course. I've heard of this play. Again, I know nothing about it. I'm relatively new to Chekhov, as I think we all are. Um, we saw the three sisters at the Almeida yeah. last year. So you can go back and listen to our review. Um, Uncle Vanya is very similar-ish kind of story about a sort of family in Russia living in a big country house, listlessly despairing with their lives. Where are our lives going? What are we doing? Oh, more um, of the same. Well existential uh, Russian crisis. It's, why is it always so depressing, these Chekhovs? Well, is this one depressing? Oh, I think you don't the... know. Ooh, oh, sorry. I haven't told you yet. Sorry, <laughs> But yes, the themes are definitely there. But this production was brilliant. I'll say that at the wow. top. I really, really liked it. It is the same director who did Rosmersholm. He's called Ian Rickson. And this has been adapted by Connor McPherson, who wrote Girl from the North Country which Madeline gave us her opinions on in the last episode of the podcast. I think he's done a great job here. The leader of the household is a writer and everyone's kind of lives revolve around him and his work, but he's quite secluded. He's got this new young wife. Toby Jones's character, Uncle Vanya, has feelings for her, as does the local doctor. So there's a lot of unrequited love. There's a lot of life not lived. Is she happy in her marriage? 
There's the younger daughter who has feelings for the doctor. So lots of kind of love quadrangles, unrequited love, angst. This production doesn't drastically reinvent it. This isn't like a whole new take on it. It's set in one room of this decaying house and it's got a kind of timeless setting. So this isn't a period piece. This isn't a modern piece. They wear kind of costume that doesn't really give much of a way of when this could be set. Connor McPherson's dialogue isn't yieldy, nor is it super modern. And the set is spectacular. It's Ray Smith and she did Rosmus Holmes' set as well. Right. And it's this old house, but from the outside you can see all of the the trees and the growth from the outside world coming in through the broken windows of this kind of conservatory wall. So the outside is coming in. And there's some big themes in this production that he's really brought to the fore of environmentalism, which is kind of interesting. So the Doctor character is kind of the the wife is in love with and the younger daughter in love with. He's kind of sexy Doctor who loves the environment, basically, in this (laughs) production. He's played by Richard Armitage, who you may know, who's in Spooks. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, And he's kind of the sexy Doctor. Yeah, and he loves planting trees. So that was just kind of an interesting element to bring in about the environment and how, you know, people aren't looking after the environment, basically, and he wants to, you know, plant more trees. And that Don't was kind we know of, it? Yeah, and I really liked that. I thought Conor McPherson's dialogue was really simple. It wasn't flowery or overly poetic. It was quite to the point and economical, if that makes any sense. Not a lot of huge monologues. And the direction was very understated and sort of authentic and quite calm. And it did kind of give this sense, although it might sound boring a group of people in a house existentially worrying a bit like a three sisters vibe I quite liked the vibe of it and I saw a matinee and it was kind of just it felt calm and relaxed and I kind of sunk into this world and I should say I sat on the front row and I think that really helps because I did rush tickets I'll tell a bit more about that later but that kind of helped me feel like I was in this living room with them and I bought into that the vibe of it. Um, I think the major selling point for this, other than the kind of Conor McPherson, Ian Rickson, Ray Smith's beautiful set, is the cast, of course. So Toby Jones, I mean, is just flawless in this, mm. I think. I don't know Uncle Vanya, but I've heard other people talk about it, and you can play it different ways. Rupert Everett played Uncle Vanya recently as a much more comic role, kind of a bit more of a comic buffoon. You could play it as very bitter. Toby Jones rides the line perfectly, and you're so sympathetic or empathetic, I guess, with his character. So... And I think just because if you make something so believable, you're just going to feel for the character, whether they're sort of likeable or not. I'm not saying that it's a likeable character or an unlikable character, but it's a real character. And so I totally like felt for him in whatever it was. And he's just, I don't know, every mannerism he has is just perfect. Absolutely nails it. Also, the... um, I can't remember, sorry, the character's names I should have written down, but the, the younger daughter character who's kind of quite naive and she's in love with the Doctor and she was played by Amy Lou Wood who is in Sex Education on Netflix. Do you guys watch Sex I've Education? I've not watched it, I love it. She plays, I can't remember her character in that, the one that goes out with a boy that, that whose dad's headmaster and he's always getting in trouble. Does she have buck teeth? Yes, she does. She's, yeah. she's, she's she... just done a big article recently about how she got bullied at school, but she's absolutely beautiful and she's in Sex Occasion and she's a great actress she's really good in this and yeah you're right she's so beautiful she's so young and fresh and like brings that naivety to it without being irritating you know you know a naive young character could be annoying she wasn't at all her delivery was really interesting very mature and when you're acting against Toby Jones you better bring Mm. your delivery because he's doing every single line in an authentic and interesting way and I thought she matched that as well Rosalind Elenez I thought who plays the 
the younger wife, she was really captivating. Her character, again, could be quite unlikable, I think, because she kind of doesn't really do anything. That's part of her character that she doesn't really do any farm work on the land. She doesn't really know what to do with her life. And so that could be quite, you know, she's quite self-indulgent. I thought she made it likeable and obviously the writing, but her performance, I thought was really, I really felt for everyone in this, I thought was just brilliant. And that was, that's the real selling point for me. I was just fully bought into all these characters. I was on the story with them and I loved the tone and I thought the sense, like in Rosmersholm, the sense of unrequited love, the sense of ennui, rather than being boring and a slog, I found it like really captivating and I just totally got into the groove of it. Wow. God, you loved it, Han. Yeah, I actually really did. Where, and where did you get your tickets? I got my tickets on Today Ticks. I did the Rush Lottery. So at 10am that day, I went on and all the tickets had gone. I was like, oh no. So I just sat there maybe for 15 minutes and occasionally a ticket would come on and I'd click on it, I wouldn't get it. But I persevered and eventually I got one ticket for the matinee on a Wednesday. Front row, stage is lovely and low. Huge amount in front of me. I had my legs fully extended. <laughs> I could see... I wouldn't say I could see the floor of the stage, but I could see right to the back of the stage. I felt fully immersed in it. Tickets in that theatre aren't too badly priced. You can kind of sit up in the balcony for £30. At the rear of the circle, you can get £39 tickets, and I think this is worth 39 for me, I would say. I really enjoyed it. Stools, £39 for the back of the stools, going up to £95 for your preem. And also, if you look on ATG, who are selling the tickets at Harold Pinter, if you look on the day of, they reduce. So I looked on the day of, and the £72 tickets had gone down to 50 and the £39 ones had gone down to, I think, 30 on the day. So you could do a last-minute hmm. thing as well. But I would say give the lottery a go. I don't know if they're doing day seats. I hadn't found that out. Right. You can go in queue. But I would say that front row is brilliant. Um, so if you want to go and see this play, how long have you got? You've got quite a good long time. You have until May the 2nd. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Um, it is actually a big recommendation for me. And also, do you know why I love going to see a Chekhov? Because when I do my theatre-themed cocktails on this podcast... My new Chekhov thing. I did it for the three sisters that made her. I like to do a, you know, a Russian vodka cocktail. So I'm going to go whip you guys up. Cocktail using a Russian Stolinger vodka. Fantastic. So this cocktail is called the Uncle Vodka. Cheers. So this is, of course, made with Stolinger Russian vodka. And then it's grapefruit juice, oh, fresh grapefruit juice, and then I've made a pepper syrup. Wow, it's really strong. I don't think it is, hun. No, me neither. Let's swap glasses. Yeah, you've got this vodka one. So it's just vodka, grapefruit juice, and then I put peppercorns in with sugar and water and made a peppery syrup. Mm. So this is the Uncle Vodka, based uh, on Uncle Vanya. Well, it's pretty good that we're getting a little bit boozed, because what Madeline and I went to see, <laughs> you kind of felt drunk after you'd seen it. <laughs> it was... Brilliant. It's called Music, spelled M-U-S-I-K. Music. Music, yep. And it's on at the Leicester Square Theatre. Um, it it has the actress Frances Barber, and she's playing a character. So it's a cabaret-style show, and it's featuring this character called Billy Tricks, um, who is a self-styled rock icon and an incredibly unreliable narrator. <laughs> um, so it's basically a cabaret-style show written by Jonathan Harvey, um, he's done lots and lots of stuff. I said lots of, um, he's an award-winning English playwright. 
Um, I was looking into what he'd done and I thought this might make you laugh. One of the things that he's most famous for is that he wrote Gimme Gimme Gimme. Oh, yeah. And he's a massive pal of Kathy Burke. She, like, okay. directed his first sort of play and, like, oh. all that stuff. But um, he'd... So Jonathan Harvey originally wrote the book for Closer to Heaven, which was a stage musical with songs and music written by the Pet Shop Boys that was on in London in 2001. And one of the ca- characters in it was Billy Trix. And they've now decided to make this show that just solely is Billy Trix celebrating... So it's like a spin-off. Billy Trix. Yeah, exactly. A yeah. little spin-off thing. Worth saying, you don't need to know anything about Closer to Heaven or have seen it in order to get this at all. What did you think, Al? Well, let's just describe what Billy looks like. Yeah. She comes on stage... She has long, dark hair. Her fringe is sort of covering her eyes in that sort of 70s, chic, um, Patti Smith-style shaggy hair. Yeah. She's a rock chick. She's got, she's got like, really high heels on. She's wearing a suit with corsets. She's got jewel. She's glittering with, like, really cool rock chick jewellery. She looks like she's been to every year of Glastonbury, but she's chic. You know, it's nice jewelry. Yeah. Madeline was like, at the end, she's like, she looks like one of Adina Monsoon's friends. Oh, 100%. And she's I was like, that is like her. Yeah. She's a rock chick, but she's high-end rock chick. Yeah. And she's sort of got her, got her drink and she's sort of swigging Jack Daniels and she sort of takes you on a story of her life. M- most importantly, I'm sorry, her costume as well is when she comes on, firstly, she's wearing an eye patch with a bee on it, a glittery bee. And she comes on and she's got this, she's originally born in Berlin, we're told, and she's got this mad sort of transatlantic accent and she comes on with her eye patch and she's like, "Um, I don't know what you're all thinking. Um, I've been doing this before Madonna. Um, Madonna, the only reason she's been cancelling her shows is because she's here. She's here. She's watching me. She stalks me. Madonna stalks me. All this look, you know, she she has taken from me. And that was, I was lolling because we saw this on the Tuesday and I went to see Madonna on the Wednesday. Oh, so she's so in London, like, she could be. Yeah, exactly. So the whole, that was very funny in her sort of doing this and this mad eye patch thing. Yeah. You know, she's got a style aesthetic and she, it, it is so funny because she talks a lot about people that she's come into contact with, but you don't, she'll start telling a story and then she'll say at the end of it, and then I gave this guy Andy a can of soup because he wasn't feeling well. Yeah. Uh, and okay. you're like, it's Andy, it's Andy Warhol. Warhol. Yeah. And then she'll put up those projections behind her, which That's I couldn't cool. see that well, actually. You Madeline. couldn't, Han, unfortunately. But I kept, I was, I could see, I was slightly nearer to the stage than Alice. But if, if anything was important, I was leaning into you to tell you. And actually, it didn't really, they weren't, it was just more fun. It was just quite fun. Yeah. And what's quite fun about a lot of the images that she's putting up is they are actual pictures of Frances Barber through the years. Oh, and cool. then, she, so they've obviously kind of thought, oh, it's like she's given her, her photo album to Jonathan Harvey and he's flicked through it and has found some funny pictures. And whether or not the story came before the picture or, yeah, so you know, one to the exactly. Other. Is it, yeah. That's what's it. Barbara's are the brilliant comic timing of her, mm. I thought. And the worth saying this was has come from a sellout run at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. So she's it felt it, like it, a fringe slick. show. It she's, did feel like a fringe show, didn't it? It felt like we were in an intimate venue yeah. watching a one woman show. She's got her drink, we've got ours. There's mm. a, you know, at the Leicester Square Theatre da- it's downstairs, there's a bar mm. inside the Yeah, because it's a comedy theatre, isn't it? And so it is a, it's comedy. very relaxed and you feel like you're sat at a bar listening to some old timer talk about her life and what, the people that have influenced her and the people that she's influenced. And she's very egocentrical. She's, well, she's very funny. She's utterly vulgar. Like, a lot of it was like... I mean, the, the audience were, like, howling. But you're kind of in that kind of wincing, howling way where you're just like, 
I can't believe she said that. Yeah. You know, she's dropping it. I won't ruin it, but there's like a story about Donald Trump that is just oh. outrageous. I would say if you are a fan of Absolutely Fabulous, if you are a gay man around about the age of 45 to 55, this has been written for you. If you love The Rolling Stones, Joe Wood, Glastonbury, Kate Moss, Damien Hurst. Yes, pop culture references. If that's what you like, seeing something peppered with that. And it, that's what it felt like. Because so much of it, like like the Quavidus joke like in it, like so much of that felt like a London audience are like, ha ha ha. And it's so referencing what people know. And it, it felt quite a nod, nod, wink, wink between us and Billy Tricks. And the whole thing, it was, <clears throat> I absolutely, like, it's the more I've thought about it, the more I've loved it, actually. If I want to go and see it, which it yeah. sounds like I kind of do. I think you maybe kind of do, yeah. hun. How, so what tickets like? Prices are, so you could go um, bar stools. Um, is the cheapest ticket, which actually would be would be fine. You just it's a, it, a worth saying. Sorry as well. The show's only an hour. Like that's it's that. it's it's absolutely over in a flash. I could have gone on. I could you gone not on. have. I could. Well, I had more. I more. wanted more stories. Barstool tickets twenty two pounds fifty. And where are they located? Um, so they're around the sides. I, th- I was trying to think. It's not that. It's not super duper clear on the website. Also, when you're looking at the sort of the dots of the seats and me trying to think where that would be in the venue but they'd be fine like I'm thinking they must just be as you come in there's a bar on the left yes, and, and it literally the is they're just down the side there I think I remember them okay you'd be fine again if you don't have a, gr- a great sight line of what the projections, projections are yeah. that doesn't matter so much because it really is Frances Barber's this tour de force she's pacing the stage she's all over the place you know yeah. and she's and when she's singing she's sort of centrally there with the microphone um, most expensive tickets. So then it ranges in price to about twenty two fifty. There's sort of some a couple in thirty zone. Most expensive is forty nine fifty, and that's you're sitting right in the front middle section. Yeah, I wouldn't say you would have to pay that. No, okay. Um, you could pay twenty two fifty. There's lots of seats still available. It runs from the fifteenth of February. We saw the press night a couple of nights ago till the first of March. So it is oh, a short, so run, short run. Okay, but there is tickets left. I might, yeah, I might try if I've got the time because that does sound like sort of thing. Does sound like. But we're all drunk. I... Have you noticed we're all going a bit like? Ugh, Ugh, you are. I've yeah. turned into Billy Tricks. It sounds like the sort of thing I don't have. <laughs> um, so, final show for review on this episode. I went to see a from a one woman show. I went to see a one man show. So I went to see Rafe Spool starring in Death of England at the National Theatre in the Dorfman, and that's just opened as well. I went to the press night of that, actually, a couple of nights before you guys saw music. And it's a new play written by Roy Williams and Clint Dyer, and Clint Dyer also directs it. It just stars Rafe Spall. It's just him on stage. Um, It was originally commissioned by the Royal Court and The Guardian, actually, as a 10-minute microplay, which I believe was kind of filmed as a short about a man having a breakdown at his father's funeral and kind of going on a rant slash eulogy and this has sort of been expanded from there so it's about a character called Michael he's a working class white male from Essex and he's sort of dealing with the death of his father his dad was kind of a he sold flowers on a market stool kind of large and life character and he's died so it's kind of just him monologuing and he kind of just talks about his life in relation to his dad and growing up and it's very firmly set in the present day and it's very firmly a play kind of set around and about Brexit. His dad was a big Leave supporter, so a lot of that. And it's all about British identity 
and specifically white male working class identity relationships between men. So I should say it opens with him. You go into the theatre in the Dorfman and they've got a big catwalk that's shaped like a cross and it's red lit from beneath. So it looks like the St. George's Cross, basically. Oh, okay. He's doing this kind of fast-paced monologue. The lights will go black and he'll suddenly be at the other end of the cross in a uh, toilet of a club, snorting some coke. Next bit... Blackout. Music is a music Yeah, yeah, loud music, then blackout, then lights back on. Great music, great set uh, lighting design. Yeah. And then he's like drunk in a toilet and then he so- starts to talk us through his life. In the beginning, it's fast paced, kind of cocaine level speed talking. Yeah. About How old is he? Up. Um, in his late 30s, I guess. Okay. He's talking about growing up and he his black friend growing up. And I should mention that the two writers of this, considering it's about white working class males, it's written by two black writers. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's kind British. of interesting. British. Um, yeah. yeah, they're both British. The play feels very authentic. To begin with, I thought when he kind of comes on with all this lad talking and this banter and kind of stuff, I thought, you know, in these slightly off-colour lines about race, maybe, when he's telling the story about growing up with his mate, there's some kind of, and how his dad dealt with that. I kind of thought, oh, is this going to be one of those plays where, like, I just can't, I don't, that's, I don't like that sort of person. alpha male. You don't male listen to that person talking Talking with his slightly racist views. I thought, oh, is this going to be a monologue of someone that I don't like? But it's such an intelligent play and that's so well handled that, and Rafe Spall's performance, spoiler alert, is amazing, that that's not kind of how I felt about it at all. And it's 100 minutes long, so what's that, an hour and 40 minutes? Interval? No interval, all the way through. The staging is so kinetic, the kind of way he runs around. And like I said, it starts at this breakneck pace. And then obviously as we go, we kind of get more into his character and more stuff about his dad and more stuff about his mum and how he was treated and how he doesn't really believe in this Brexit thing. It gets tied into a whole football metaphor. His dad mm-hmm. died at the England game in the World Cup. Right. was on recently and how England, you always think they're going to do really well and there's all this stuff behind them and then they just fuck it up. And so, like, that's a kind of metaphor for, like, people's disillusionment with, like, or they think, you know, what it is to be British, but is that not a real thing? Is it sort of corrosive? There's just so many interesting ideas, and his performance is really incredible. That's kind of the reason to see this. Like you kind of said with Francis Barber, a tour de force. Yeah. This is a tour de force. I can, like, see the sweat on his T-shirt. I mean, he's an hour and 40 minutes of non-stop. Who should see this? Everyone. Really? Yeah, I kind of think everyone, because everyone's going to take something away from it. I don't think it preaches to the choir too much. I don't think it vilifies anybody. I don't think it goes into caricature. Rafe's performance is incredible, and it's one that people will talk about for a while, and he's just a great actor, and I think it's really well written. It's really interesting. It's not something I might have gone to see, because you kind of think, oh... Brexit, can I be bothered to, yeah. you know, a straight through monology thing? It's not a downer, it's really funny, it's really interesting, it flies by, the pace is amazing. Um, I think it's a really well staged, kinetic, energetic, thought provoking, interesting, <laughs> not overly worthy. Oh my god, this is a monologue. But great play. Bloody hell. And that's my monologue. All right, so, yeah. Right, Reef. So if you do want to see Death of England at the Dorfman at the National, it is on until March the 7th. So you actually don't have that long. Okay. Um, Tickets are kind of, they're fairly sparse actually, because it is quite sold out. So you can look at certain nights. I would say again, a bit like our first show we talked about, wherever you sit, because it's on a cross and he walks from one end of the cross to the other, wherever you sit in that theatre, sometimes you won't see staff, sometimes you will. It's kind of mixed bag. Yeah. So really, 
don't worry too much. Go wherever you like, wherever you can get tickets, because there aren't many left. However, National Theatre do Friday Rush that we've Woo! talked about lots Friday, of times. Friday, 1pm, they sell tickets for the following week, and they are priced at £20 each. Yes, I think Friday Rush is the way to go on that one. Yeah, thank you, Han. Um, so and is that it for this week? That's basically it. So yeah, I think we've seen some really interesting stuff. We've been to see kind of two monologue shows that we loved. We've been to see two kind of interesting Ibsen Chekhov plays. I think that's been a kind of a really good couple of weeks. Of yeah, for absolutely. Us. Really varied. So guys, if you've been to see any of those, any of our listeners, let us know what you thought. Let us know if you're planning to go and see anything. We really like to hear people's feedback of what they thought. So, you know, great to hear other people's opinions. And let us know your thoughts on Alice's top tip of be more chill, if anyone's yes, seen please. that. Yeah, I'm really keen to hear what that what that's going to be like. We are seeing next week Prince of Egypt. <gasps> Finally, we've talked so about excited. it a lot on the show. But until then, do follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. You'll see a picture of the cocktail, the Uncle Vodka, that we made today along with the recipe. Please also feel free to comment and tell us what you thought of any of the shows we went to see, what you thought of our reviews, what your opinions were. Do subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs> I love you, Madonna. Cheers! <laughs>